Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Spiritualism through the SNU was founded in 1901, and some of the forefathers from Gordon Higginson, Eric Hatton, and Judith Seaman have all helped light the way to the current chapter. Having been a spiritualist now for 30 years, and my spirituality being more prevalent than ever, the ability to go to a college in Stansted, thanks in no part to the great Arthur Finlay, is a true blessing. Who is, though, carrying the spiritual baton forward? There are many fine teachers and mediums, but one lady that profoundly changed my life was Simone Key. A minister, teacher, and medium, Simone brings a reality to the movement in a way that resonates. Simone started her spiritual journey from an atheist standpoint, as she explains here. Oh, it's um, like most people, it's a bit of a long story, but um, I started off um, in my younger years as a very, very strong atheist. I did not believe in life after death, and I certainly didn't believe in a God. And then um, as the years went on, I, I became um, quite ill, and I went to a healer, and he told me things that I didn't accept but I knew I'd got to look into it. In actual fact, I set out to um, disprove what we're doing now, disprove everything I stand for. And that's probably why I'm here today. I'm Julian Jenkins, and you're listening to That's the Spirit. Simone is an appointed teacher of the Spiritualist National Union, a diploma holder in public speaking and spiritualist education, as well as a certificate holder in speaking, demonstrating and teaching. She's also an appointed assessor. For the past seven years, Simone has held the position of senior tutor at the Arthur Finlay College. Her aim is to ensure the college retains its reputation as the finest spiritual teaching facility in the world with the very best teachers. And I can truly vouch for this achievement. Simone talks honestly about her spiritual journey within this episode of that's the spirit. I was um, very frightened, like a lot of people who have things happen to them in this um, field of uh, spirit, and uh, had no understanding whatsoever. But as time went on, and I rem- I remember having to really work hard, and I struggled actually um, to find my direction in this because I was very anti-religion, and now. I'm a minister, and that's a complete turnaround from my start. And I feel that um, now it's important that we understand that spiritualism is a religion. And that's part of my mission in life, is to prove that we're not about party tricks. We do have a good philosophy, a good understanding, and and a means by which we can help people every day of the week. Um, maybe not hundreds of people at a time, but even if it's just one, it's enough for me. But my story is like many other people, very sceptical, even cynical. And I know that the spirit world um, actually drew the short straw when they chose me to work with them um, because I was a tough cookie and still am actually. Um, it, It disturbs me that people think that we accept it blindly that we accept we don't we don't test we don't uh, we don't challenge we don't confront our beliefs and it's only through that that we find a who we are and b what what life is really all about so that's my story but it was a tough 3 years let me put it that way and i'm so glad you just dis- uh, 
you sort of put, you you kept going with it because you know you I think you make such a big difference to so many people now you know through the college and the work that you do you're obviously you know very well connected now and and, and with the SNU can you can you tell me a little bit about the work that you do with the, with the Spiritualist National Union well I've I've been on many committees and at the moment you know I'm on the collegiate committee which is the committee for the Arthur Finney College and the Barbonell Centre in Stafford, you know, and I, I do work, and my position on there is um, a senior tutor. Um, but my but my honest belief is that the Spiritualist National Union is my religion, and it's everything that I am and everything that I believe in, and it has a purpose, it has a point. And for me, it's the point is that it's not a mindless religion that tells me how to think and what to believe. It, it helps me to understand myself and other people. But more importantly, it has um, people that you can go to. So, for instance, if you're interested in spiritualist education, if you're interested in the ministry, if you're interested in training and, and awards, for instance, I know it's now called exponents, but if you're interested in those fields, then they, there are bodies that work with those every day and they're all voluntary you know all of it's voluntary and that's what I love about it is because it's it's run by a team of dedicated and committed people who see who want to look to the future and that's what we're about for me that's what it's about it's about understanding that all that we do is a process of refinement. So the more we do it, the more refined it becomes. And that includes, I think, and sincerely believe that committee work should be a process of refinement as well. So we're moving forward progressively all the time. That's how I see it. With them, um, so there's going to be people in this room who maybe are members of the SNU, who are experienced mediums. There'll be people here who are just coming to spirituality and spiritualism for the first time. What sort of message you, would you give them about the SNU? Why? And I'm not saying you have to preach the, the, whatever it is, but, no, but why, um, why would you encourage people to join a, a movement such as the, the SNU? Well, for me, it's about membership because you can be an individual member, you can have a vote so that you're involved in the running of the of the Spiritualist National Union. But more importantly, it gives you access to so many opportunities. You know, you can, if you were to look, if you were interested in healing, then you could understand about the code of conduct and the law. If you're interested in mediumship, you could understand about platform etiquette, or if you're interested in doing one-to-one -one sittings. But just the experience of the spirit and is important to me in every direction. And but I would say to people that are new and are looking, thinking about, you know, coming into our movement, if you like, then you know, you can't go wrong with joining the SNU because you have a body of people who will guide you and help you to find what's right for you, you know. And they are people that give up their time and they're dedicated to those positions. It's um, obviously the SNU underpins, works with, obviously owns the Arthur Finley College. Yeah. Obviously, for those people who don't know, Arthur Finley was was um, a very influential businessman who was a spiritualist who gave away his Stansted Hall um, to, to the SNU to keep it for um, teaching and yeah, psychic mediumship, etc. Um, and, and I've read, I'm read, I'm still reading. I'm going to finish it tomorrow on the train going back to <laughs> Arthur Finley, the, the Gordon Higginson book, and he he talked so fondly about. Arthur Finley College and, and how it was his second home and and you know just the amazing people the network the teachings you know everything about the place and for the first time I went there I just I was blown away for so many reasons but one is the energy there is just phenomenal secondly I, I was really taken aback by the international flavor you know people yes, from all over absolutely. the world um, mm. came came to the college and and that that took me back as well mm. but what i loved about it more than anything it was the first time really in my life that i was in a place surrounded by like-minded people mm. and the energy and the love was truly amazing and 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 yeah. congratulations to everybody who every day makes that place such a special space but it is a special place for you and i know you're one of the key teachers you tell us a little bit about those but some people might not know about arthur finley might not know about the college um, but also the amazing work that you do 
Yeah, Arthur Finney left his um, his home to the Spiritualist National Union in 1964. And in those days, it always reminds me a bit of Great Expectations. You know, we lived in a very small part of a very big hall. And, um, and when I first came to the college, it was in the 80s. And um, and I'd met Gordon Higginson many times. He was a wonderful, wonderful medium and a brilliant speaker. And he was a man whose energy you could feel when he walked into the building. People used to tell me that and I didn't believe them. But when I was there, you could tell when he'd arrived, the energy in the whole of that hall had changed. And he was exciting, he was vibrant. And he, he made you believe every word he said. And there's so few people today that can do that. But he was, he gave his whole, you know, his whole life to spiritualism. And I'm sure there's so many of us that wouldn't be at the college or have such fond memories as we do if it hadn't been for him. But the college for me is a place that's not just for me, exclusive. It's the centre of the world where spiritualism is concerned. Yes, we have people that come from every walk of life, every country, and on every course, regardless of whether it's um, a course for the, the Italians or for the Finnish people or uh, the Japanese people, but we have people come from everywhere and they recognise that there is something special. They will travel that far. And yet, you know, there's most of us who complain if we've got a 20 minute drive somewhere, but they will travel across the world to come because they know they won't get teaching like it anywhere else. And for me, that's important that we, we retain that exclusivity, that there is nowhere else like it in the world. Yes, of course, there are lots of centres, places where I work um, throughout the world as well. But there is nothing like the Arthur Findlay College because it has its history. It has its dynamics. It has everything about it from the minute you walk in the door and you make friends. And that's what I think people miss out on. They don't realise that they make friends there and they're friends for life. I've got friends who I met in the 80s who are still friends of mine, you know. And it's something about spirit that joins us all together in this unity. And, it, and when you come to a place like the college where for some people it's hard, not just financially, but it's hard to get a week off. If you've got a family, to get a week away from your family, you know, it's quite an indulgence sometimes. I know when I first came into this movement, I had two small children. So I know that we, you couldn't always um, get the time off that you wanted. But at the end of the day, when you walk in that building and you meet those people and we're all coming from that same place, we're, we're, we're spiritually driven. And every one we come across has a different reason, maybe a different purpose. But at the end of the day, it's a celebration of the spirit. And it's seven days, if you're on a seven day course, where you can spend just thinking and working with your spirit and the spirit world. And that to me, there is nowhere else like it that where we, you know, where we train so hard and where we can help people by nurturing them as well to recognize that the value that they have, that it's not just a party trick, that it's valuable, the power of the spirit. And people might think that as a minister, my job is to go out there and tell people that we survive physical death. And it's not. That's not my purpose, because one day everybody's going to know that. If they don't now, they will one day when they get to the next world. I'm not going to waste my time trying to prove anything to anyone. But what I want to do is to show people that they too have a power that they can connect with that's external to them to help them cope with life. And that's what it's about. It's not just about those souls that have survived physical death. It's about the living 
and we focus on the living. We look at, at the college, we look at things like personal development because every one of us is different and I celebrate individualism. Every single individual has a different, maybe a different concept or a different way of communicating with the spirit world. But nobody has the right to tell you that the way you're communicating with that world is wrong because you've always communicated and always will. What we're trying to do is to communicate in an, what I call the ordinary everyday level of consciousness. You know, maybe we connect with them subconsciously or unconsciously or even subliminally. But nevertheless, we're all trying to work with it in the same way on what I call this everyday level of consciousness. And that's what we should be doing. We should be helping each other. Sometimes I get very upset by how people become competitive within spiritualism, you know, where one person wants to be a better medium than somebody else. And that's so unfair because we each have our own purpose, our own reason to be involved in this. And we're not, we're not the same. Whatever your life is, is your life. Your, your experiences are going to be very different to mine. Even if we've experienced something very similar, it's going to be different. So we have no right to tell people they are wrong and we are right. However, what we try to do is to help them enhance that communication, to help them give techniques or help them to have guidance, to help them understand that they have, there's more about them, if you like, in their awareness than they even know or recognize. That's what we intend to do. That's our aim, if you like, our objective. And you certainly achieve it. Um, when I was there, I, I was truly blown away. I can, I, I can remember um, you sat down at the beginning, you asked us all, you know, why have you come and, and why are you here? And and one of the things that I said, and I've I've always been in football all my life, so I always do football analogies. And I said, I wanted to play football with some of the best footballers in the world. And and that's and that's what I did, you know. And I was there for that week, being around yourself, and then you know splitting out courses with Lynn, which amazing teacher, and Tony, yeah. which was amazing as well. But for me, the, the the college itself, it really did change my life. And 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 I'll tell you the story. I, I actually thought on the Sunday morning after being there for a week, and it's hard. It is hard work there, mind you. You know, you're not yeah. you don't go there and put your feet up and put your slippers no. on. I know that for a fact, right? It is hard work, but that's what we're there for. Um, and and I was uh, I, I sort of come home and thought right on the Sunday I'm not going to know what I want to do and I didn't and I thought well I'm... so I went to I went to a local church and and I was there and th th we had a service and th th uh, names will be, remain nameless but there was a medium on the stage and she gave a philosophy that I couldn't connect with I thought it was not great and then she did mediumship and the first opening line was I've got a lady energy can anyone understand the sound of music. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, if this lady would have got on the stage with Simone earlier on in the week, <laughs> in my thought, there would have been murder. There would have been feathers everywhere. Um, and I was just like, you know, but it was great for me because that that was the penny drop moment because all of the things that you've just discussed and said and you talk about, that was the penny drop moment for me. It was like, no, we've got to be better. We can't accept. Now, I'm not down crying the medium. Maybe maybe no, she no, needs no. to be retrained. Maybe she needs to spend a week with you, Simone, right? Because I tell you what, she's <laughs> For me, it was that moment. I was like, oh, my God, I know what I've got to do. I've got to raise the bar to be where I've been all week and and, and try and help these people to, to greater understand that, that mediocrity is no longer acceptable if this movement will forward and we're actually going to you know, we're going to get better at what we do. We're going to, as you said, we're going to keep refining everything that we do. And and we're all students. But for me, it was like that moment when she did that, I went, oh, my God, Simone would go crazy. But, you know, <laughs> you mean, it is it is refining that. And, and and I suppose sometimes not getting frustrated with it because we're all learning. But, but where do you see, how do you see mediumship in the future and where it's going? And, and how do we, you know, everything you discussed, how do we roll that out to a much wider and bigger audience? Well, I think, first of all, um, we, have to ex we have to understand that not everybody who comes to a church or everyone who comes to a town hall to see a demonstration of mediumship understands what we do. 
And I've got a great thing about jargon. We, within spiritualism, there is so much jargon. And I, that's where I feel we could make a difference in, instantly is by talking about, you wouldn't talk about anyone in, this, in, our, in everyday life as a female energy. You just wouldn't talk about them. You'd say a woman or a, a girl or a young lady, whatever. But you wouldn't talk them about them as a female energy. And that is what drives me nuts because people today just keep using this jargon as a cover-up almost. It's like playing for time. And many, many years ago, I'm, I'm afraid too long ago to mention, but I was in, inspired, if you like, or influenced by the spirit world to work for a holiday camp. And I worked there for six years. I worked there every Tuesday, every Tuesday, um, every week for six years in the holiday season, where I actually did demonstrations and mediumship and I did questions and answers to members of the public. Do you know, that taught me such a lot. That in itself taught me a lot. I've had people walk out on me and it was in the days where you could smoke and you could drink while you're watching a demonstration of mediumship, which you wouldn't get now. But, in the, but that was what taught me that we've got to reach people. We can't feel safe all the time. We can't keep protecting ourselves with jargon. We've got to put our necks on the line and say, I've got a man, I've got a woman, I've got a girl, I've got a boy. And then explain who they are and, and talk in everyday language because otherwise we're going to lose it. And my, my hopefully, my aim, if you like, for the future of mediumship is I can see that maybe in 20, 30 years' time there may not be the need that we have at the moment. At the moment, if you, if you even look around you, the, the press are not perhaps quite so interested as they used to be within us, you know, or the local television channels are not so interested in mediumship. It's a bit, for them, it's a bit old hat. But that's not the point. The point is we, we have to be able to get our point across in an intelligent way, where people will listen to us and believe us because they have the evidence to back up what we're saying. That's where I come from. And I feel that maybe in the future, mediumship won't be like where I live in Norfolk. It's everywhere. It's almost like every town hall and every pub and everywhere. There's churches or everywhere. But I think in the future, there's going to have to be something where maybe people have got some kind of, um, I hate to use the word certificate, but some kind of diploma to say that they are qualified to stand on a spiritualist platform. Perhaps in the past, we've actually had um, too much leeway, if you like. There hasn't been much you know, discipline about who can work on a platform. I remember when I first started, the very first service I ever did, there was a wonderful minister in my own area called Trevor Claxton. And I had turned up and the medium hadn't. And I did that in the evening and I should never have done it. I remember that. I was so terrified. I should never have done it. And now I, I set out to help people manage their nerves because I know how that feels. And I do know the difference between being nervous and being petrified. But what I remember Trevor saying to me was, if a medium doesn't turn up and a donkey does, we all know who's going to do that service. And I don't want my religion. He's in the spirit world now and he's probably laughing at me. But I don't want my, my religion portrayed like that. I want my religion portrayed intelligently with people that have got something to say and not just about how they got into spiritualism. You know, because we've all got a story, but at the end of the day, we've heard it all. We need a new approach, maybe. We need an approach whereby people are strong and they're good speakers and they're intelligent where they can deliver a message that's understood from beginning to end. I'm not saying they've got to understand what, what you know, the whole thing, the, the whole background to it, but that the public can understand what's being said. They understand evidence. They're not that stupid. And, and that's another thing, you know, we've got to be sure that we deliver, we deliver the goods. 
and let people see that maybe it's spiritualism may not be right for them, may not be their way, but at least to help them to become perhaps more, what's the word I'm looking for? Just acknowledge it and accept it, but without, you know, getting angry about us and confrontational and aggressive. That's what upsets me most is when other religions become aggressive about what I do. You know, but the way forward for me has to be about refining our abilities and also having maybe I, I, I think we miss Wembley. I mean, many years ago, I think it was in the 80s, we had a um, big meeting in Wembley. And I think sometimes spiritualists need to get back together again. And we all go off in our separate ways, but we need something to pull us together sometimes. There's a bit above and beyond the church. The church does a wonderful job. Please don't misunderstand me. It, it brings people together. It helps people to understand that they're not on their own and that they have an understanding that, you know, um, will be shared with lots of others. But I feel we need something else as well now, you know. So that's my view. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think one of the things that, you know, I talk about quite a bit is that, you know, the sense of community. And I think that's yeah. one thing that is going to come back. And however that is, I don't know. You yeah. know, you're going back 50 years ago, you know, just after, you know, just after the war or whatever it was, yeah. you know, there was that sense of togetherness, that sense of community. Um, yeah. and, and that, and we've lost a lot of that, you know, and, and, and I think that's a shame. And that's just general life. You know, we, I don't know many people, you know, I do, some people don't even know their neighbors and they live next yeah. to them for 20 yeah. years. You know, it's just, and I think cars have done a lot of that because you get in your car and you're gone. You know, before yeah, when you'd have cars, you'd have to catch a train, catch a bus, and you'd be around people. So I think I think a lot of things have a lot of things have changed it. And social media is another one and all those areas. But yeah. you know, for me anyway, is is how do how do we go about because what you said to me, and, and it was a penny drop moment just literally now, is that I want my religion to be the best it can be, yes. both in terms you know the reception of the outside world to try and bring more people in you know i took a young girl to that um that church service and i actually had to apologize to her afterwards and said <laughs> it's not like that every week i promise you i promise and unfortunately she's come back and she's seen patients and she comes to my development group etc etc but if i hadn't put my arm around that 22 year old she would never have gone That's back right. Yeah, and that, that, that hurts. That really hurts. And then, you know, I'm I'm not a preacher. I'm not going around knocking doors and and telling. I think I think religion and your own religion and your own beliefs. You know, they're very personal, and and it should be kept that way. But how how do we how do we really refine it? How can we how can we bring Wembley back? You know, how can we do those things? I'm not. I don't honestly know because um, maybe there needs to be more of a connection between churches. I mean, I know that, say, for instance, where I live in Norfolk, you know, we've got um, our one spiritualist national union church, and then we've got lots of independent um, and so on. And I think I counted um, in Norfolk and Suffolk, we've got about 33 at one point. There could be more than that now. But we need to have something that pulls us all together. And that's the big one, you know, because you've already mentioned the fact that the community is no longer present as it was. So therefore, people are becoming used to being on their own. Mm. So it's it's about finding a way. You, you can see it at the college, you know, the Arthur Finney College, you know, when people come in and after a couple of days, they start to mix, they start to make friends and so on. But it takes a while. Well, years and years ago, when the college, you know, um, was was run uh, very differently under Gordon Higginson, people would come in coach loads from churches. That's how it started. And those people would be the people that they would make the beds, they would do the cooking, they would do the cleaning, and everybody mucked in together. But we don't get that now because in, in a lot of the churches that I visit, you can see that it's even hard to sell a raffle ticket or to get someone to do that job or make a cup of tea. You know, the climate, the, the social climate has changed so much that people want to be now to be able to pay their money and go home. So we have to find a way around that. We have to find, and I know I've, I've, I'm with um, um, Tanya Smith, who's the general manager at the, the college, and we've got Sandy Baker and I. Sandy is the course organiser and tutor liaison. 
Um, and with the three of us went to Olympia a couple of years ago and we had a stall there to, to see if we could bring people in from the, the London area, you know, but it's not what people, it, it wasn't as successful as we would like. We had a good time, don't get me wrong, but it, it didn't bring in the numbers that we were hoping for because that's not what people want. You know, they, they, they want to, um, it can be your friend that's introduced you or or you might walk past the spiritualist church, but it's not going in that worries me. It's keeping people there that worries me. You know, one, if we can get them through the door and get them to see who we are as people, and that has to be in the way we behave towards one another, not just in what message we get from the spirit world. And once we they see that and that we're genuine people that want that welcome them, but not to the point where they feel almost threatened that they then you know not allowed to breathe or whatever, or they feel that they they've got to come back every week or they can't do it. But that's the point. We we need to get people in the door and get good speakers, good demonstrators, good exponents who can hold and maintain the interest of the public. And unfortunately, we, we, there isn't any guidance for people now on platforms, generally. I mean, I'm talking about across the UK. I don't mean in, in SNU churches. Yeah, you're right. And do you think, though, and I'm seeing this quite a bit, that, you know, the church that I go to is a Christian spiritualist church. Yeah. It is an SNU church just down the road. But for some reason, I've just been drawn to the other church. OK, um, so I go there on a Sunday service. 10 15 people i go there on a wednesday for a demonstration of mediumship 35 40 people do you think sometimes though that the religious aspect on a sunday puts people off is there any way well, around depends. that yeah that depends on where you live because my church is norwich church uh norwich spiritualist church and norwich church it's it's renowned because it's the opposite on a Sunday, right. you'll get right. masses of people. On a, on a Thursday, you'll hardly get anybody there at all. So mm -hmm. it does depend on the church, and it depends on um, the, the the quality of the people that, that speak on a Sunday too. You know, people there want spiritualism. They're not just interested in the message as such. But don't get me wrong, I, don't, I, I, I do believe in that message because that can be the turning point in somebody's life. I agree with you. I, the only thing that does concern me is that, and and and, and it's your fault in many ways because you've opened me up now, and I'm doing this full time. <laughs> so I'm I, it's, so Eddie, it's all your fault. I'm blaming you. Yeah, that's right? all right. That's all right. I'm, but, I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, I, I I I worry sometimes, and I I'm I am a I'm a young boy growing up in this. I've been with Spirit for 40 years since the age of five, but actually opening up now and being yeah. fully, fully, fully in. Um, it does worry me that that we, in some ways, I say we've lost the spirit in spirituality. And and what worries me is that it just seems to me now is that, and specifically if, if, if I let it happen, I would just become a conveyor belt yes. of mediumship messages. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, it's just like as if, you know, I'm, I, they want me to be a robot, you know, come in, sit down, right, I want to speak to my mum, come in, sit down, I want to speak to my dad, come in, sit down. It, there's all of that all the time. And I just feel, the and how do we do this? How do we put the, the spirituality back into spiritualism, if you like? I think also, first of all, I would, I would suggest that if I was to start again and I was starting to do one-to-one -one private sittings or readings, I would look to see what's the point what is that per person coming for? If they want me to tell them where they're going to move or um, any kind of fortune telling, I'm, I mean, I'm quite happy to say now, you know, I'm sorry, I don't do that. You know, that's not my way because that's nothing to do with the spirit world. But we, we need to be more discerning about what we do. And unfortunately, I think it's because mediums on the whole are good natured people you know they have they have got a soul they have got empathy if you like and they want to please and by sometimes by pleasing people we're not doing ourselves any good 
if you understand that, you know, because yeah. by trying to go down that road, I mean, I've been, I've done sittings like everybody else has, that you've walked away feeling bad because you ha have been asked to do something that goes against what you stand for. I I've done sittings with people who insist that their daughter-in-law has murdered their son or that the next-door neighbour has murdered their mother and they want me to say, yeah, you're right, and I can't say that because I don't believe it. But that's the kind of thing that I think we, we get put in a corner over and that's why I think that we that's where we go wrong. We let ourselves down because we want to give people hope. We want to give them that light at the end of the tunnel and there's something within us that wants to tell them what they want to hear. And I know all of us have done that at some point. All I know now is that if I was to start again, I'd much more, I'd be much clearer defined as to what my work was about and what I, I wanted to do and what I don't want to. Please don't take that the wrong way. There are a lot of really good fortune tellers out there really good it's not my way and never has been my way and my my way is not always about the spirit discarnate the spirit world it can be about that person that individual's spirit for me that is the point that's why we get our information from the spirit world not to help their world but to help our world and to help it to become a better place and if you do one reading and you've got somebody who really has a need, who really needs to know that they're not alone. That, for me, is the greatest message that spiritualism has. It isn't the one about we survive physical death and blah, blah, blah. It's the fact that no matter how down you are, how low you are, how isolated you feel, you are never alone. And that is a message that's never propounded by our movement. And it can make a massive difference to a lot of people today because a lot of people today are very lonely and very isolated because, like you said earlier, because of the breakdown in the community. Amen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with all of it. I agree with all of it. And I love I love what you say about if you started again, and, and which is which is great, really, because you know, there's going to be, there's a lot of people in the room and they're going to be listening and they're going to be thinking, right, okay, I'm, I'm on this road or I'm going down this road or I'm three quarters of the way down this road. Where do I go from here? We, the course that I was on with yourself with evidential mediumship, what, what would you say would be the sort of core pillars to becoming a medium that you talk about with, with quality and, and refinement? What, what would you say the core pillars to that would be? Discipline, absolute discipline. And, and I can say this because I was totally undisciplined when I first started. But it's discipline. It's about having a particular time. So, you know, narrow it down maybe to an hour a day where you sit in, uh, in you know, on your own with that world and ask them to help you, to teach you. My, I always say to people, I never give advice ever. But the only piece of advice I ever give anybody is make the spirit world your teachers. They will help you. We all need each other, for goodness sake, otherwise I wouldn't do the job I did. But if we have our, our allegiance to the spirit world first, then we can start to become decent mediums. And it's, it's not to be pulled by other people. I know in the beginning of my development, people would come to me and, it, and you know, you'd, you'd be there sometimes two hours with somebody because, but you could, because I didn't have the courage to say, I'm sorry, I finished. So I keep going on and on and on. And they would just keep pulling all the time. But it was, but really what I'm saying is they were looking to a shortcut to life. They didn't, they wanted the fortune telling because it saved them looking for a job looking to think for themselves where they want to move, looking to see if they've got a partner out there somewhere. It saves them work. And I am not a shortcut to life. I'm not, I'm still going to tell you, not you, but tell people to go down the job centre. I'm still going to say to them, look through papers, you know, I'm still going to say, well, where do you want to want to move? And to those people that say, does my dad know who I'm going to be meeting and marrying next. Does My message to them is get out more. 
you know? And <laughs> I mean, I promise you, I wouldn't say that, but that's what's in my head. So they just, they want to use the medium almost like a sat-nav to their life, you know? And that's not what it's about. To me, it's so much more than that. Even if it's about their own personal development, I'm happy because you can help, you can encourage, you can support, and you can you can empower people. Our job should be about empowerment. We should be empowering people all the time. And not by telling them what they want to hear. I don't mean it that way. But by saying to them, you know, you know, when you connect with the spirit world, this is the way you do it. This is what you feel. This is what you're aware of. And this is how it makes you feel. And that's what I want to do. And I want to help people to understand that that connection is a connection for life. Because in that connection, there is no shortcut to the experience of spirit. I've had people say to me over the years, could you give me the manual, the A to Z of mediumship? You know, or they've said to me, come on, Simon, do us a favor. Just tell us quickly, how do we do this? And I say, have you got 30 years to spare? <laughs> you know, because it, it's, it hurts when people think that it's a commodity that you can just chuck out like a, like a used tea bag. I don't know where that came from because I don't even drink tea. But there you go. <laughs> but, but it is. It's a commodity to them. And that's what they, they miss. They miss out because they don't understand or acknowledge or even believe in the power of the spirit that exists in them and in everyone. And that's what we should be celebrating. And not, you know, I've got your granny here with a wraparound apron and a rolling pin, you know? I agree. And I was I was absolutely mortified the other day. I, and it really, it, it upset me a little bit because I just think that, you know, sometimes this is where the world's going. But I'm, I'm on a lot of groups. And this one girl had posted on a group, can anyone tell me the best app? to talk to spirit oh. and I was like oh my god do you know what I mean As, uh, Apple, Steve Jobs and Apple have done a lot of things but that's not only as one of them um but no and that's and that's what she asked she asked what is the best app to contact spirit and I think that that worries me in the essence of the question is that you know Technology can do a lot of things, and look at us now. You know, we've I know yeah. there's people from all over the world watching what we're doing now, and we've had hundreds of people come through already this evening. But an app for you know, and I think sometimes that that's where we that's where we've gone a little bit. And, and I think how you know, educating you know, the younger generation because I, I, I do feel I feel of missing a generation. Um, you know, how do we, how, how can we, how can I go and grab a youngster, and careful how I say this, but how can I go and, and get a youngster to come into the movement and, and what, and, and what would you say to them to, to turn their lights on? Personally, um, uh, I, I find that a difficult question, um, because I, I would want, uh, I would want to see, obviously, like everybody else, I'd love to see more young people in our churches, but I'm not so keen on little kids being in circles. I, I feel that children have enough to learn in life. To, once they become adults, that's a different story altogether. But I feel that it's not about bringing young people in. It's keeping them there. And all the time we talk about, you know, adults um, in the spirit world who are grannies with wraparound aprons and, you know, holding rolling pins, um, we, we're going to lose them because people today, you know, grandmothers today, and I was a grandmother for the fourth time two days ago, which is my favourite occupation in the world. Um, but grandmothers today, they've got piercings, they've got tattoos, they've got, they, they're like me, they, they, well, I am, I'm a typical, I don't, I hate cooking, I'll eat out of a microwave if I can, but though, that's what we're talking about, that's the information, and not to keep hanging on to the past all the time. We have got to move forward, 
and we've got to move forward with intelligence so that we can bring about the real character of an individual, the real personality, along with charisma of the person too. For me, it's all about the presence of spirit. And once we can show them that they too have access to the power, but it's to help them cope with life and not to get their answers from the spirit world, because the spirit world, I believe, is not allowed to interfere in our lives. They have to stand back and let us make mistakes. Otherwise, each person that's in spiritualism would be perfect and we're far from that, you know. But we, we need to be able to hold them in some way and it may be I mean years ago we had spirit of youth in the spiritualist national union and and various other activities but it's got to be something that's modern and you know in the moment that holds people together I love the idea of debates and discussion I think that's far more um meaningful for young people than just demonstrations of mediumship the demonstration will bring them in but it's the holding them there that's the problem for me. And I feel that if we had discussion or debates with young people that wanted to think about what, what the implications of spirit and spiritualism are, then I think we will have a chance to hold them. But there's not much going on where it comes to debate and discussion, unfortunately. No, you're right, and um, and and that's prevalent, you know, to a lot of the churches that I go to, whether that's yeah. on a Sunday or Wednesday, yeah. if I'm doing demonstrations or, or or on the rostrum, you know, it is it's still very rigid in terms of a reading philosophy mediumship, a reading yeah. philosophy mediumship, you know, and and those sort of things. And I I actually, you know, I I did um I, I did a reading, I did an evening um for charity for cancer and and where i live uh, you know if i do something i'm not just saying it, it, it there'll be 50 100 people there and and it's it's pretty busy and i i gave this uh, reading to a lady who lost a son and i'd explained about the car crash and i'd explained you know about how she went to the thing and it, it was really really it was very moving and it was you know it was very evidential and and i sort of stopped after that and i i said to the room i said you know we're all here this evening because you want messages but the real reason we should be here is to sit with spirit and experience spirit and i tell you now if we all if i, I if we stop now after that reading we could all leave here thinking wow that was amazing that was very moving it was very touching i said how many of you actually experienced that reading and they all said everyone put their hands up and i think for me it's it's if we can get you know if we can spiritualize the audience again yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of getting to understand it's don't be disappointed if you don't get a message because if there's 50 people there you can't give it you you, you know it, it can't yeah. be like speed oh, dating where yeah. you're gonna you're gonna run yeah. around everywhere and do every you know it's it doesn't work like that but and the stuff but, that you, i have it, seen where it's done like that isn't worth having you know no. when people go around and give everybody a message in the church it's never it's never got any value to it yeah. No, but you but you want that you want to experience those moments of, you know, wow, this it profoundly changed that woman's life. You know yeah. what I mean? And she's told me afterwards, and we've had many conversations afterwards how that day profoundly has changed her life. And it's 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 doing that. But how, how do we how do we then how, how do we come together as one and start to build these debates and try to try to move this thing forward? Because I'm really passionate about about yeah. not seeing. Because my concern is in my church, and I'm being I'm being the best I can. It, it's quite an old generation, and I'm and I'm just concerned that over time it may just it may just fall well, away. I think, I think also it need, and I'm not trying to fob this off onto anybody else, but we need young people to bring in young people. You know, yeah. um, I I remember at the time I I, I was um, chairman of the um, uh, Spirit of Youth um, only for about a year or so. And I remember people saying, well, have you got any young people in your, in your committee, you know? And they've got a point, you know? So we need young people to to be, you know, the voice, if you like, of, of young people today and to show them that it's about also, I, I really feel strongly about care in the community as well, that we're not just... Uh, what I call armchair spiritualists, that we can go out and work in the community too. But I, I would like to just say that I believe that the, the one area where our movement, uh, my religion, 
really does excel is in healing. There's a massive healing movement within spiritualism. And I believe every medium is a healer first. Yeah. And everything we say should come, um, everything we say, every action we have should come from a healing foundation. And that to me is something that we, we don't propound enough. But there is a wonderful, we have a wonderful healing movement within our religion where, you know, people give up their, their time over and over again to help people behind closed doors where there is no, no public acclaim. And yet, you know, I feel that healing is something that's so important to our movement because it that's how a lot of people come into our movement is through healing. I know it certainly was the way I came in. Yeah, it's uh, it is special, and and I've seen the work that takes place, you know, and, and on a Tuesday night and a Saturday day, where you know five or six healers yeah. give up their whole yeah. day to help people, and it, it 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 truly is amazing. And you're right in terms of you know giving healing, um, just by the messages and the, and and when you sit and give a reading, and you can see sometimes, you know, when when you bring somebody who's passed over, and you you can just see the weight just slowly lifting up there off yeah. their shoulders and then you're sitting there going wow you know what i mean and and you'll come out of one read and you'll say this is exactly why i get up every morning but it's yeah. it's you know some of the some of the some of the mediums that i that i help and work with it when they're starting along they do think it's it's a nice fluffy bunny ride don't they and um and and, and, and there's <laughs> a lot of stars <laughs> yeah yeah could you could you I, I, I'm conscious of time, but could you could you tell us a little bit about you know how some of the experience that you've had and how they've helped you shape you and mould you into the character and the person you oh. are today? With vision oh, I think I think um, one of my favourite stories is when I first started out. I was just my I'm you know I'm sure other people um, will maybe find it funny. I didn't at the time, but I do now. Um, I joined um, when things started to happen to me. I joined. I was invited to attend a circle, and I went along for one night. And I got expelled at the end of that night because I asked too many questions. So I went to another circle, and I got expelled at that one after a night as well. <laughs> so I ended up just developing with my friend Christine and I. We hadn't got a clue what we were doing, not a clue, but we would just ask the spirit world to teach us. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years and um, we were actually did a, 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 a divine service at my church, which is Norwich Church. And it's quite um, a formal church. It's a beautiful church. It's got its purpose built. It's got 250 seats. It, you're up, uh, up high on the platform. And we did this service and I can honestly say we were bad. I mean, we were chronic, you know, and we both got full time jobs at that time. And and I remember we got in the car and we just didn't stop moaning about how bad we were. We couldn't blame anybody. We couldn't blame the committee. We couldn't blame the audience. We couldn't blame the spirit world. We were just dire, you know. And I remember we got in the car and we just moaned all the way home about we're never going to do this again. It was nothing short of public humiliation and so on. And then the radio just came on. We hadn't turned the radio on. I was driving, so I know nobody turned the radio on. And a voice just said, but you are here to do God's work. And that's all it said. So we just looked at wow. each other and went back to the drawing board, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but and then there's so many I've got so many stories because uh, you know what happened to my son and so on but I won't bore you with them now but but lots of things like that happened to me every time I felt like oh I'm not sure that this is right for me something else would kick in if you like something else would happen the spirit world had different plans and they would just help me and help me get back on track when I got lost and I did get lost a few times along the way not really sure what my direction was but I know now that I my life without the spirit world would be for me lifeless lifeless and it's just everything and I know maybe you would want to share because I think you know I read a book um I read in a book called the one mind at the moment and they said that um a, a, a picture speaks a thousand words but an ex but experience speaks yeah. a thousand pictures 
And and I thought that was just one of those moments when you walk in a dog and you've got this earpiece in and, and it, if somebody walked past you, I just went, wow, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those moments. Could could you share with me? Could you share with us just one of those bits where you were down and 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 how and how you came around? Because I think when when I went to the when I went to the college and, and Lynn stood up and it was the first Saturday night there, and I and I could have honestly, I could have just written that in the book and walked out and said, it was yeah. worth it was worth the entry fee alone was when she said the sitter remembers the yeses and you remember the noes oh, and for me that was just like what i hadn't even thought of that the, like the pennies around my feet where they were just dropping every five minutes you know it was just it was incredible C could you share with us a, a story where you, you did think oh where do i go from here well I, I there was there's so many of them i'm afraid but there was one that i remember um that was every time um, I used to do a Sunday service in our area, I used to um, have a friend called Muriel Tennant who was a diploma holder of the Spiritualist National Union. She served the churches, she worked at the college, and she passed to the spirit a few, a few years ago. But we were very close friends, and she used to come with me when I was doing a service, and I would go with her when she was doing one. And when I, I used to come out of the service, I would tell her all the things I thought I could have improved on. Everything that I did, which was absolutely dreadful. And one day she just turned to me and she said, Simone, have you any idea what you do to the spirit world when you say that to me? And that changed me. Mm. You know, that changed me. Because um, I didn't see anything good about anything I ever did. And it changed me. I'm not saying I, I think I'm brilliant now. I don't mean that. But I, I can be, I can accept when somebody says yes, that they do understand and accept what I'm saying. I don't question them like, are you sure you're not just humoring me? You know, <laughs> you know, that's the difference now. So I just, I just know that when they say yes, they, they're saying I understand and I accept and then I can move on. But yeah, there's, there's a lot. I think one of my most profound experiences were was working at the college on on, a, on an evening and I I can't remember to be honest if it was a Sunday or a Wednesday night and there was a young man came through who had taken his own life and he wanted to speak to his sister and I I, I gave the message as we do and halfway through he suddenly stopped me and he said you must tell everybody that you how much you help us how much you help us and that you know and and also the boy had said that at the funeral that people were saying what a waste of life he was only about 19 or 20 and they were all saying that what a waste of life and he said my life is as meaningful now as it ever was and perhaps even more so. So those are the things that have changed me. Um, and yeah, we, we've all, I, I, I actually feel quite strongly for people who are spiritualists, who get disillusioned, because we have all been there at some point. And, I, and somehow I like to help people, to help them find their, that energy back and help them find that core faith, if you like, that self-belief in what they do. I feel very strongly about that. There's not enough spoken, there's not enough shared in that field where we become very disillusioned. And often we don't recognise it, but often it's because we've worked too hard. We've done too much. And it's that hard work that's taken that energy away from us. And also, if you've worked really hard and you felt you haven't been fulfilled in your way, then it can leave you feeling very down and depressed. And that's when I would like to come back to a spiritualist and say, hang on a minute, just remind them of how many other times they have helped somebody to achieve a, a new life, for instance, a new turning point, a transformation. All of those things matter. And we must never forget the point of what we do. I was truly honoured and blessed to be able to conduct this interview with such a lady with such high integrity, so many fantastic values, 
morals and a very clear vision of where she sees the spiritual movement going. We need like workers like this in the world and I'm so proud to say that this lady profoundly changed my life. You've been listening to episode 11 of That's the Spirit with Simone Key. Please don't forget to watch the live shows on That's the Spirit one page on Facebook. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate. God bless and remember, be love and give love. Goodbye. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The constant energy, the tight turns and bustle of the city. Some survive it, others were made to conquer it. The first ever Lexus UX and UX F Sport crossovers. Crafted for the new frontier. UX, starting at 32000 Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. MSRP excludes delivery, processing, and handling fee of 1025 which may be subject to change at any time. Excludes taxes, title, license, and optional equipment. Dealer price will vary.